it's easy to fall into the belief that, you know, this is the way things are. It's the way they've been since I grew up. It's likely the way they will always be. And perhaps taken a step further, it is the way they ought to be. Uh, this is a familiar gospel we have in front of us today. Uh, those of us who grew up in the church anyway, uh, remember hearing the parable of the talents. Um, that word talent, of course, has a kind of double meaning. Uh, apparently, originally, it referred to uh, a unit of weight, how much something weighed. Uh, in the Greek New Testament, a talent uh, evolves into referring to a large sum of money. So, in other words, they took uh, that measure of weight and generally uh, the material that is used uh, when, when, it, when it's referred to as, as uh, monetary measurement is silver. So a talent of silver uh, is, uh, is what most scholars believe would have been sort of assumed in this, in this parable that Jesus uh, tells. So in the ancient world, a talent was worth what an ordinary laborer might have expected to earn in, in almost a lifetime of work, 15 or 16 years, if not considerably more than that, depending on the circumstances. So all of that is to say that giving a servant uh, one talent even is uh, a life-changing fortune uh, for them to be responsible for. What we tend to mean uh, when we use the word talent is uh, we're referring to an ability, right? So we speak of talents as as an ability or, or a skill. Somebody has a talent for music, huh? Or, or dancing or cooking or business, whatever the case might be. Uh, so we look at this parable and um, it's often interpreted along uh, the lines of um, speaking to uh, wealth and management and money. But as usual, when we sit with parables that Jesus tells, they're are deeper layers for us to appreciate. And I think that's true in this parable. I think that this parable of the talents is much more about trust than it is about, about money. This story that Jesus tells opens with a, a big act of trust. The boss is about to leave town on a journey and he trusts considerable amounts of wealth to these servants. Each is given a different amount of money, but as we've stated, each of them is given a large uh, amount, uh, whether it's one talent or two or five. It's clear that the, the master trusts his servants, or he wouldn't put them in charge of so much of his wealth. And, and he even seems to hand it over in the story that Jesus tells without any instructions, really. He just trusts them to handle it. And then he leaves for a long time. It's an interesting detail that Jesus includes. And I think we could, we, could, we could just spend a lot of time just mulling over that detail. Because when things settle in, right, for a period of weeks or months or years, then we start to figure that this is just the way things are. 
when things go on for a long time, we tend to think that that's the way it is and the way it always will be. This is actually an ancient established cycle in the church. From secret worship in the catacombs to potluck suppers in church basements, it's easy to fall into the belief that, you know, this is the way things are. It's the way they've been since I grew up. It's likely the way they will always be. And perhaps taken a step further, it is the way they ought to be. For many of us of a certain age, church activities and the social aspect of church, of the congregation, it stood at the center of life, center of the social experience of so many people. That's not very long ago. And, and so people started to believe that this is how things would always be. This is how things ought to be. In this parable, after a long time, so that the servants have settled into the way of life, the standard of living, the, 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 the responsibility of caring for all of this wealth, after a long time, the master returns and he calls his servants together. And two of them have doubled his money. But the third one, well, he hasn't doubled the money. He hasn't lost anything. He just hasn't made anything either. And it turns out that this servant had simply buried the money in the ground. An investment strategy that might be starting to look more appealing during these turbulent times, but it was certainly, it was certainly a kind of standard procedure. One of the regular ways to protect wealth back in the day uh, in ancient times, but the servant reveals his, his, the reasoning huh, for his actions. He says he was afraid of his master. Hmm? You reap where you don't sow. And so he was afraid of his master. He didn't trust, he didn't trust him. He didn't trust his master had his best interests in mind, right? Trust is such a huge factor during, during this, this time of pandemic. Trust in the best available science and research, for instance, has been shaken among a frighteningly large portion of society. This has life and death consequences for many thousands of people. Trust in the truth has been shaken. You will know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth will set you free. Now, we often recite the, the ancient creeds and sing songs and hymns filled with words of faith and, and trust. I believe, we declare, in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe, we tell ourselves, and yet our lives so often show that we struggle to trust God's promises. The gospel stage is it's really crowded with people who have a lot of trouble trusting God's promise, trusting in the abundance of God, trusting that if somebody else is blessed, that doesn't necessarily mean that part of my blessing is being stole, stolen somehow. There's the bitter elder brother who refuses to welcome home the prodigal son and to join in the party, right? the all-day workers who are 
offended at the late arrivals getting a full day's wage when they got precisely what was promised to them. The man who just keeps building bigger barns to hoard and hold all of his wealth. All these live in a gray and fearful world where grace is hard to come by and God's main occupation is keeping score. On the other side of most of these stories are people who just decided to trust that mercy and forgiveness were possible. No matter how bad things looked, they could be part of something more than the chaos that was surrounding them, more than their own failures. So the younger son comes crawling home, hoping only for some animal feed and perhaps to be put on as a laborer in his father's fields. But he is fitted for a robe and a ring. A ragtag band of women and fisher people and tax collectors who risked following Jesus and found their lives swept up in the greatest and most profound adventure in all of human history. There's nothing quite like being part of a community of faith in Christ when it is focused on all of its blessings rather than what it might be lacking. When the community realizes that God has provided everything we need to continue becoming the vibrant, welcoming, faithful, serving, gracious congregation that Prince of Peace started out being more than 60 years ago, even in a pandemic. I keep thinking of that day when we will all be able to return to this holy place of worship with, if not exactly the same as we remembered it, with fewer restrictions, able to be together. And on that day, when we look back on this time of pandemic, I hope that we are able to say, we trusted God trusted with my support of this ministry that we've all been called to, to share. The parable of the talents is not really, finally, mostly even about our abilities. The central question about life is not, what, you know, what, what did I accomplish? What did I, did I win? <laughs> but did I trust God? Enough to be faithful and live the abundant life with generosity. Because one thing is most certainly true. God in Christ has trust in you. In your baptism, God claimed you before most of you were old enough to know any better. Before others had time to affect or to shape your self-image with their own expectations, or you had time to fall short of your own. Our God chooses, blesses, forgives before we ever get it in our heads to be a good person or talented or faithful. I've got news for you this morning. You are not a good person. Not good enough. But I also have good news for you. Gospel news. In Christ, you are 
a beloved, forgiven, redeemed child of God. Turned loose in a world that needs you to be who you really are. This abundant life that you have been given cannot be lost, cannot be stolen. Not by a pandemic, not by disappointing behavior, not by doubts or illness or even death. You are a child of God. This good news, this gospel news, you can trust. Amen. In Christ, you are a beloved, chosen, forgiven, cherished child of God, turned loose in a world that needs you to be who you really are. You go out there not in fear, but you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.